So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to DTFF. We are live and in your earballs right now. Thank you to everyone that's joined us to the show live this evening. We truly do appreciate it. Uh, we have got a great episode. Of course, it's a great episode. Why wouldn't we have a great episode here? Uh, but yeah, we got a, got a good one tonight. Doing a little Believe It or Not. So we've got some stats. We've got some scenarios. Do we believe this is going to happen or not? And the choice the is yours, thing. America. That's right. It's it's essentially a choose-your-own-adventure here, if you believe it or not. <laughs> anyway, before we get into it and really get off the rails here, Jake, my co-host with the most, yeah, how are yeah, you doing yeah. this evening? Man, I'm here. It's cold. It snowed yesterday in Wisconsin. Uh, I know. Everybody... Listen to me. Listen to me. It snowed yesterday. That is some mid-October bullshit uh, that I will not abide. But I had to abide it because what else am I going to do? Where am I going to go, Dustin? I can't go anywhere, so we just had to sit through the snow. But you know what? It didn't snow during any games this weekend, so we didn't have to deal with that for fantasy. You know, An unexpected snow can really turn things off mm-hmm. the rails for uh for fantasy. So we didn't have to deal with that. And Thankfully. I don't think we will this weekend either. So I'm I'm here's okay. hoping not. Yeah, absolutely. How are absolutely. you? How are you doing? This is such a lie because I know how you're doing because I asked you before we started, but I have to ask it on air now. I am doing fantastic. And if your sarcasm didn't come through, I'm sorry. No, I, I'm doing great. Uh how can you complain? When you're sitting here talking some fantasy football for an hour or so every every week, I could do life, it. I, I do do it. Life doesn't get much better than that, it really. So how can I say like I'm I'm doing poor right now? My cupeth overfloweth right now with fantasy goodness. Oh, it's so sweet. This Isn't sweetness it? is almost too much, and I'm sure it will dissipate almost immediately because that's how this show typically works. Speaking <laughs> of sweetness, look at this pro transition, Dustin. I'm drinking a beer right now that is so sweet, so unexpectedly sweet, that I, I'm i going to finish it, don't get me wrong, but I, I'm going to have to purse my lips most of the time to do it. I'm drinking from Southern Tier, who I love. I love the Southern Tier beer mm-hmm. brand. I have a cold brew coffee, pumpkin nitro ale. And I know you hate the pumpkin things. I know you do, but I don't. I love them. And I love coffee. And I love nitro beers. So I thought this was a can't miss. Uh, I'll be honest. It's a miss. <laughs> it is a miss for me. But I'm just going to have to deal with it. What are you drinking? Well, I, first off, I want to say it sounds like a miss. It just sounds like there's too much going on. There's coffee. There's pumpkin. Wow. There's the nitro. It just sounds like there's too much going on. And secondly, before I tell you about my beer... Um, I'm glad you say if you're pursing your lips, cause I think you're trying to like blow kisses at me all night. And <laughs> I'm glad I just don't have to be confused the entire show here. So I am drinking, uh, just good old fantasy factory. My beer fridge is getting very empty right now. So this is kind of one of the last, last men standing in the fridge. So yeah, 
Nothing wrong with it. Good solid Fantasy IPA. Factory was a big hit at the Expo, the Fantasy Football Expo mm-hmm. in Canton, though. People like the Wisconsin IPA. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's like our Wisconsin IPA. I yeah. Think. It's it's one of the few IPAs I actually do enjoy and will drink. So, yeah, I enjoy it. Solid beer. Well, I like that. Uh, I like yours more than mine. I like uh, <laughs> I like almost <laughs> anything more than mine, and I'm regretting buying a four pack. But that's okay because you know what, Dustin? What? There's one segment that always makes me feel better about myself. Is that our drunk trade of the week? You know it is. Oh, let's do it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Dustin, my heart is so full this week because we get to talk about a drunk trade made by a DTFF faithful, a frequenter of the comment section, Toronto Dave. Yeah, Dave. Uh, <laughs> somewhat recent drunk trade here. For context, this is close to about a month ago. Let's say three weeks or so ago. Dave says, not 100% sure I was drinking, but I'd put it at a hard 78%. Likely drinking vodka, potentially wine. Wine likely would have been rosé. Hmm. Uh, Dustin, are you a rosé guy? You're a wine drinker. Not so much. I am more of just the hard red Occasionally, I'll drink a white or a rosé, but typically I just stick to red wines. Draw the line in the sand at red. I, I draw the line in the sand at just typically not that wine. wine so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'll be on the vodka side. But the actual trade that happened here for Dave, sent away, and for context, this is a Dynasty League, this is Superflex, this is PPR. Sent away CMC, Deonta Foreman, and Rashad Penny. Received Raheem Mostert. DJ Moore, and a 2023 first-round pick. Dustin, you see those names. Does mm-hmm. anybody say, I mean, there's one that is obviously the pinnacle of the Obvious. trade here with CMC, but any mm-hmm. other names really sticking out to you one way or the other? Oh, Dave. God bless you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, this, this, Dave, I'm sorry. My friend, you did not win out on this trade. Uh, I'll just... Throw that out here right at the top. Obviously, CMC is the linchpin of this deal here. Um, but how uh, how I look at it, it's like Deonta Foreman, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, kind of a wash there in my book. And then you're looking at DJ Moore for Rashad Penny. It's like, yeah, DJ Moore, I think, is the upgrade. Although Rashad Penny, until he got injured, was looking fairly good. And then essentially it's then CMC for a 23 first. Like, he could have gotten a little bit more for CMC, I think, than that. So, while it's not All the right. worst trade we've seen, it's definitely not great. Here's how I'm going to look at it now. Because, again, this was made a few weeks ago. This is when Rashad Penny was still healthy and active right. on the Seahawks. Has now been usurped, I'm going to say, at this point in his career, usurped permanently by Kenneth Walker, the rookie. Most likely. I think Rashad Penny is... More or less, you know, we can keep trying to will it to happen, but, mm-hmm. you know, just real bad luck there. So I'm going to almost remove Penny from the equation now at this stage. DJ Moore, the thing that's interesting about him, of course, right now we have no idea what the quarterback even looks like in the Carolina Panthers room because they're all hurt or mm-hmm. terrible 
Moore, which is not good or for both. DJ Moore. But there have been trade rumors about DJ Moore. So there's still light at the end of the tunnel. He's been great for three years. I mean, solid, I should say. He's solid. been very solid yes. for three years. He could get back to that if he had a reasonable coach and quarterback combination. So if he does get traded, there's still hope for Moore. So the combo of DJ Moore in the 2023 first, I don't think is terrible, basically, in exchange for CMC. It's not what I would have liked to get for him, especially considering that he is crushing it right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's terrible. So I can see this being a reasonable trade. All right. I guess if you're looking at it through the lens of now, a few weeks later, yes, DJ Moore and a first for CMC, not terrible. However, the trade didn't occur, you know, just a couple of days ago. This was a few weeks ago. So sure. I mean, yes, it's worked out, you know, and not the way that, you know, Dave probably thought it would um, where Penny was getting hurt. But the fact of the matter is the trade was made before Penny was hurt. Like, yes, it worked out now, but at the time, not a great trade. Okay, yes, that's true. But also, time rolls on, Dustin. We have to move forward. Stop living in the past. That's what drunk trades are all about. That is true. I But I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being abhorrent uh, of things that we've seen here, I think this is like right in the sweet spot. This is like it's, a 5 for me. Yeah, it's not ter- it's not the worst we've seen by any means, but... Oh, God, no. Definitely not the best either. Well, I've since seen uh, trades posted by Toronto Dave out on Twitter. At Toronto, (laughs) FF8, by the way. Uh, He's a hoot to follow. I've seen even better trades coming up recently for him that he's posted Mm -hmm. out there. So things are looking up for the Davester. I've always wanted to call somebody that. The Davester. The the Davester. Yeah, and I took my opportunity now. Yeah, I'm sure he will appreciate it. All right. Well, are you? I didn't even ask you before the show if you're actually ready for this segment. You might have to delay. I'm never ready, but no, I'm ready. Why would I delay this? I don't know. I just wanted to know if you had the necessary equipment at this point. Don't don't ever talk about my equipment again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's time. I'm going to take this one because I get to because. I know you don't want to have to say it out loud. No. Dustin, we had a beer bet last week. In fact, it was not just you and I who participated mm-hmm. in this beer bet. It was you, I, and Nate Povolt was on the show last week. Uh, Jen Povolt had to cut out early. She was not able to participate in the in the beer bet, but we got a Povolt in there. And the one that was thrown out, I threw it out. I know it was gross, but it was Aaron Rodgers versus Zach Wilson. Obviously, and you know we what? watched this game attentively. It was gross. It was gross. It, it, was it ended gross up being very thought. gross. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, less gross for myself and Nate, who went with the Aaron Rodgers side. You took the Zach Cougar Slayer Wilson side. And Rodgers ended up with 11.8 fantasy points. He was just the QB 19. But Zach Wilson finished with fewer than half of those fantasy points. Just four and a half points. QB 25, it was awful. I mean, the game itself, of course, uh, bad for a Packers fan, but bad for this bet overall. Yeah, I don't know how you feel good about taking the win on this one. Because I got more points. I got got more points, so that's pretty easy. (laughs) I'll feel good about any any awful bet as long as I come out on top of it. I would too, let's be honest. (laughs) All right, so let's do this. Jacob, Nate, 
you men are amazing fantasy football prognosticators slash geniuses. Cheers. Thank you for that. I accept this on Nate's behalf. Uh, I did reach out to Nate, by the way, to see if he wanted to submit a bit of a, a trash talk video uh, to put out here for us. He didn't end up doing that, so I'm just going to channel what I think he would say, which is, <laughs> you fool. You damned fool. But also, thanks for the bet. Because he's too nice. He's too nice to do something too uh, terrible. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to clip this little piece and just put it out there on Twitter and so he gets, so he can actually see his reward. That's right. And then he can hop in on the roasting too if he wants. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's move on here. I'm tired of talking about bets I lose. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to stop making them. But yeah, so let's do some believe it or not here. Yes. On to the main event, little believe it or not. So as I said at the top, we're just going to talk about some things that have been happening so far. Do we believe this is going to happen the rest of the season? Or not. It's that yeah. simple. It is truly, if I may, Dustin, it is... Believe it. Or not. We just figured out how to put those little sound bites in here. So we're going to be using that a lot for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I will start us off here. All right. So um, we're going to start with Mr. One, Mark Andrews. All right. So he's been on fire to start the season. Currently, he is the top targeted tight end over Travis Kelsey, believe it or not, and number eight overall in targets in the NFL, averaging nine and a half targets per game. Yowzer. Believe it or not, he will finish inside the top 10 for overall targets by the end of the season. He's currently Ooh. number eight. Okay. Wow. Uh, first of all, this is for all of the people who said that, you know, the, the funnel system wouldn't necessarily work this year in Baltimore. Uh, this is also for me being an idiot and saying that I wouldn't take Mark Andrews, uh, in the first, uh, first round or two of redraft leagues. That's looking miserable. Uh, Mark Andrews in the top 10 overall targets without looking through the weeks. Right. My assumption is my assumption here is that the injuries to Rashad Bateman maybe have caused maybe a bit of a peak. Again, I don't know for a fact that the weeks that he was out led to a drastic increase. I do just think Mark Andrews is that man. He's just that good. So I could definitely see a world. But also. There are some dudes that are coming on now that I wonder, and, and like running backs included, like Austin Eckler, if he's not in the top 10 right now, might sneak his way into the top 10. There are, there are players like that right now that could maybe leapfrog him. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Damn it, Dustin. I'm going to say... Believe it. He can do it. What do you think? Uh, I think he definitely can, with just the way this offense is going. Will Bateman get healthy? We don't know. We hope so. I mean, I sure hope so, because I, I love Bateman. But will he? He could be dinged up all year. And like you said, I think this he is the number one target in this offense, just like Kelsey's the number one target in the Kansas City offense. It's all going to funnel through him. It, it, 
the offense revolves around him and Lamar Jackson. Good Lord, my brain froze for a second there. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, so I think as long as those two are healthy, uh, there's no reason why he won't finish top 10 in targets. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's number eight overall in targets right now, it shouldn't surprise me as, as much as it did, especially given the mm-hmm. circumstances. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think that is two believe-its then for Mark Andrews. And obviously, you know, if it needs to be said, stop listening to me for tight end advice because it's never going to work out in your favor. Uh, but let's move on here, if we may, Dustin. I want to talk about mm-hmm. a running back. I want to talk about a running back that has been absolutely lighting things on fire, especially these last two weeks, in a good way, if I didn't make that clear enough. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Brees Hall. Brees Hall currently is the RB5 in the last three weeks and RB6 overall. So what I want to know from you, Dustin, does he finish the rest of this season as a top five running back? Do you think that there's a change coming for Brees Hall? Well, he's definitely become, and if he's not there already, he will be very soon the bell cow of this backfield. We've seen it every week that he's getting more and more involved. Maybe it just took him a little bit to get acclimated to the NFL with the offense, whatever. Rookies, we tend to see, they they come on the second half of the year anyway. So, um, yeah, I think this is uh, realistic that he can finish as a top five RB the rest of the season. So would you say that you believe it? I would say I believe it. Would you even click the button that says it? This one, you mean? Believe it. I just really want to keep hearing that. Uh, Here's what's interesting about Brees Hall, though, is in the first three weeks, again, he's RB5 the last three weeks, but those first three weeks, he averaged just seven rushing attempts and seven targets, 70 total yards per game. It's a lot of sevens in there. Uh, The last three weeks, his rushing attempts have more than doubled, 18 rushing attempts, but his targets have really started to come down. Because the offense is not throwing. They rank near the bottom of the league in pass attempts recently. He's now just got three targets average per game. But it doesn't matter. Dude's averaging 130 plus yards total per game right now. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to matter how he's being utilized. Just the fact that he is being utilized is enough. Now he has scored Mm -hmm. at least one touchdown in four of the six weeks. Obviously, can't bank on that every week, especially because the Jets don't always get to play a porous uh, Green Bay defense. Mm-hmm. So you think even if you take away that touchdown upside, I mean, say cut his touchdowns in half, you still think he has a shot at finishing as a top five? I do. I do. I mean, he's averaging right now 5.1 yards per carry. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy good. And like I said, they're, they're not phasing out, but... He is becoming the main lead back where, you know, when the season started, saw a lot of Michael Carter. Yeah. And now that now that's shifting. So, yeah, as long as he's going to get the volume, there's no reason why he can't. I like that. Uh, pour one out for my Michael Carter, who I, I love it. Uh, by the way, Toronto Dave, what is the origin of bell cow as how it pertains to volume? Probably produced a lot of milk. The bell identifies them, perhaps. I don't know. Words are funny, Dave. Words are funny. 
Um, you missed your drunk trade, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I do want to move on here, Dustin. We don't like to talk about quarterbacks too much on this mm-hmm. show. I feel like I feel like we purposely avoid them. Not as much as tight ends, maybe. I feel like we kind of avoid quarterbacks because, you know, we're playing in a one QB home league. I think most people in redraft still probably stick to one quarterback. So they aren't always relevant. But Dustin, this one's pretty bonkers. And no, put your hands down. Nobody saw this coming at the start of the year. I was going to say, raise your hand if you thought that Geno Smith was going to outscore Russell Wilson to this point. You put that damn hand down, Dustin. You put it down. But does this continue? So he's already outscoring him. Geno Smith is the quarterback seven taking over for Russell in Seattle. And Russell, we had such high hopes in Denver for him, for the new offense, for the unleashing of his talent. But he's sitting at quarterback 17. So, Dustin... Do you suspect that Geno will continue to outproduce Russell for the rest of the fantasy season? Yes, Maybe. I do. Believe it. But my computer is being slow and I want to click the button, but it's oh. like my computer is being dumb. Believe it. <laughs> That's to believe it. To believe it, which is fine yes. because I also believe it. But go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah. There's no reason that, uh, yeah, he's gotten off to a hot start this year. No one, I think, expected this. And if you did, you're probably a fucking liar. I want to see receipts. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, there's there's no reason to think that this is not going to continue at this point. I mean, Seattle's defense is not very good, so they have to throw the ball to stay in games. I know we're all excited about Kenny Walker um, and, and what he can do but they're still going to end up having to pass the ball. I mean, they can't just run. They're not good enough to run the ball all game long. Um, So, yeah, I don't see a reason why he doesn't continue as maybe not number seven, but will he outscore Russell Wilson? Yes. That Denver offense is in shambles right now. They just lost Javante. Melvin Gordon didn't look great this last week. We're going to talk about Um, him later. I know. And then, yeah, it just... Nathaniel Hackett, God bless his soul, just isn't cutting it as a head coach, unfortunately. Uh, So unless there's a major change here, and I think we talked about this a bit last week, I just don't see Russ performing how we hoped he would. Yeah, if you watched Monday Night Football, it was disheartening isn't the word, confusing isn't the word. Outrageous isn't even the word. It is a giant pile of dookie on the field almost every time that the offense steps out there now. and Or they get lucky with kind of one broken long play, and that's kind of, that's the offense. Uh, I will I will say it's pretty telling that at this point, now this is just through three, excuse me, through six weeks, obviously, but the two of them comparatively, in top 10 weeks, Geno Smith has three top 10 fantasy weeks. Russ has one. Outside of the top 20 that they fell, Geno Smith has just one week outside the top 20. Russ has three. Oof. It's not going to get better unless there is a coaching change. Mm-hmm. So 
And I don't, I don't, I don't see Hackett actually getting fired midseason. I think that they're just going to ride this thing out. Because to be fair, it's not like they're out of contention. They're sitting at three and three, I believe now, uh, with last night's loss. So mm-hmm. they're going to keep doing it. I don't think certain personnel will be there. Talking to you, Melvin Gordon, he'll probably be gone. But I think everybody else is basically going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rookie tight end Greg Dulcich looked good last night. He was the only bright spot in the offense, and so Yay. maybe they can get him more involved, and uh, that'll be good. But yeah, man, I'm I'm with you here. I believe it. Nice. Yeah, that's a third one for you, Dave. Uh, Dave said he wasn't convinced, uh, didn't really believe it until we had two. Now he gets three. All right. <laughs> Before we move on, I, I do just want to interject here. Um, I, I had to go to Reddit to find out if there is anything for Belkow in uh, yeah. fantasy. So this is what Reddit tells me. So, of course, it has to be 100% accurate. But it says, a cow, especially the lead cow of a herd, having a bell attached around to a collar on its neck so that the herd can easily be located. It's the focal point around which the rest of the team gathers and follows. So they're the bell cow. Oh, my God. Thank you for so Dave, providing you're that. welcome. <laughs> yes, and thank you for the impetus for that, Dave, so that we can get this worked into the episode. <laughs> I truly never knew. I truly never knew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it, that's so funny. All right, I want to move to something that's more exciting because that that one's just kind of a downer. But, you know, there's one guy that coming into this season might have been the biggest cause for consternation, for arguments, for infighting in the fantasy football community. And that guy was Gabe Davis. People were very split, very divided about what Gabe Davis was going to be, what he was going to do this year. So, Dustin, this is what I want to ask. Well, Gabriel Davis they have more boom games now for this i just use very simple cutoffs these aren't super mathematical but 15 plus fantasy points that's a boom game to me just looking at the averages and how things right are up right here. is he gonna have more boom games than bust games which would be anything in the single digits for our purposes here so dustin do you believe he will boom more than he will bust the rest of the way believe it Get a lot of use out of that button. I love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I was not on the Gabe Davis hype train. And I will still say, I don't quite believe the hype that, that he was at, in the offseason here leading up to the season. He has kind of proved me wrong so far. He has been buoyed by these touchdowns. He had a two-touchdown game. Um, so four touchdowns over six weeks. You know, you extrapolate that out for another, you know, he'll have like, you know, 18 touchdowns or something by the end of the season. Is that going to happen? I mean, it could with the way this offense has been rolling lately. I mean, God damn, this Buffalo offense looks great. Um, no, I don't think that's going to happen. However, as I just said, this offense has been rolling. So I think the opportunity is there for him to have more boom weeks than bust games. So, yes, I think he will boom more than bust. This is the first time that we diverge in this episode. I'm going to go with... Nat. I think that with Gabe Davis, and you you mentioned it, four touchdowns through six games. Of course, we saw that towards the end of last year. Remember when he had 
that many touchdowns in that one playoff game because mm-hmm. everybody else does and they won't shut the fuck up about it. So <laughs> it is a case where this year so far, he's played five games where he's just basically been mm-hmm. healthy for the majority of those games. And every time that he's boomed, it's been because of a touchdown. He's not a target guy. I mean, we can both agree on that. He's not going to be a target guy. He might see three targets in the game, but there's a decent they chance could all one go of for those could break. <laughs> right. And that is certainly true. It could be the Deshaun Jackson thing from a long time ago. By the way, Deshaun Jackson signed by the Ravens was a very interesting move that happened. And I didn't want to gloss over it since we had an opportunity. How does... Oh, God. Lamar, I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson. You had to get a 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson to try to boost your receiving core. But in oh, any case... I, I want to bust your bubble a little bit with the Gabe Davis um, targets. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging 5.2 targets per game. He's only had that the one game where he's been under five. So, I mean, it's not as bad as you think. That's so, fair. Now, I am all- curious... All right, that's that's a very fair point. I appreciate you you calling that out. Now I'm curious, you know, weeks three, week four, where he did have those, they they are bust. They lose you weeks because two point three fantasy points that loses you a week. Six point seven fantasy points that basically loses you the week when you're relying on a guy like him to hit. I Especially just where sp- you had to draft him this year, yeah, this in redraft. I mean, he was going what like the fourth round, yeah. I mean, he was he, going he was early. early, so yeah. yeah. When he when he when he busts on those weeks, yeah, it hurts because you're expecting him to produce week in and week out. Mm-hmm. I just still believe too much in Stefan Diggs, who's been absolutely crushing it. By the way, give that guy his flowers. Mm-hmm. Wasn't necessarily hyped up as much as he probably should have been this off season, uh, but you know, Dawson Knox coming back and good for him coming back, and he looked involved. In this first week here, scored a touchdown. Uh, Devin Singletary in games where it's going to be close, Devin Singletary is just going to get a shit ton of work. So five targets is actually pretty decent, though. I just still think boom games, I give him another four maybe to close out the the fantasy season, and I could see him busting more than that. So I'm going to... So stay you, with my nod. you are a not. <laughs> I am a not. God, I love that button. <laughs> but let's move. I talked. I talked about this guy earlier, Austin Eckler. What a what a fucking turnaround this dude has had. Mm-hmm. So in the first three weeks, it kind of felt like he was looking like a bust. I mean, it's not that he was absolutely atrocious for fantasy. He was okay. Right. But people were drafting him super high. Super high. But it's not what I was expecting out of him those first few weeks of the season. Like, I mean, I think everyone was expecting to produce like he did last year. And let's be honest. Right. We we all, I think, rationally knew that there was going to be regression in the touchdown column just because he had so many last year. But, yeah, I did not expect the season to start so poorly. Yeah, I did not either. And Toronto Dave, yes, that was a Borat reference. Uh, Yeah, I I completely agree that it caught, I think, everybody off guard, especially because Austin Eckler, Eckler, I love the guy. He's always out on podcasts talking about fantasy Mm -hmm. football, saying, like, draft me in fantasy football. Like, he wants people to believe in him, and I love that so much. But so what's interesting now, and this is why I'm asking, through the first three weeks, 
he was the RB13. Again, that's not terrible. Yeah, fringe RB1. Right? But weeks four through six, he's the RB1. And dominantly the RB1. So what I want to ask is, Austin Eckler will remain an elite RB the rest of season. Do you believe it or not, Dustin? And when you say elite RB, are you saying what? What? What's, what do you mean elite? Top two, top three? Yeah. Like what? What? What's what's your cutoff here, a threshold? I hate doing this with him in particular because I did. It's so narrow to be. I wanted to say like he's a top three. But that can be so narrow, and I know that anybody could be RB4 and miss it by fucking half a point. Right. Well, here's Let's here's say, the deal. Yeah. You said earlier, the rest of the season, Brees Hall is going to be top five. We could use the same cutoff. Let's use the same cutoff for Austin Eckler then. Top okay. five. Yes. Okay. That's not what I asked, Dustin. Be I did not. Even. A- Thank you. I did not ask a yes or no <laughs> question. Uh, <laughs> With Austin Eckler, if we're talking about elite being a top five, once again, we have to diverge. I am a... Not. It is because of something you said, Dustin, earlier, which is why I thought maybe you would lean this way with me, is that the touchdown seemed unsustainable last year. And part of what has made him so crazy dominant this last three weeks with the Chargers, is he has six touchdowns over the last three weeks. And his average, to be fair, he's also averaging 130 total yards per game. So very similar to Brees Hall. But he just has even more touchdowns mm-hmm. laid on top of it to boost the value. But what I wonder is, the Chargers has not looked great either, by the way, for, for their entire offense. We kind of shat on Denver. But on the flip side of Monday Night Football, the Chargers drove down the field a whole lot and got no touchdowns to show for it. They had like five field goals that won their game for them with an injured kicker, by the way. Way to go, Dustin Hopkins, you beautiful bastard. But Keenan Allen is coming back. I mean, I mm-hmm. hope to God he's coming back. It, it seems like he's been out forever. But when when Keenan comes back, shouldn't some of Eckler's usage maybe by necessity go down? Could it? Yes. But on the flip side, wouldn't that also open up the offense more so there's less players stacked in the box for him so he has more room to run? Maybe. It doesn't I don't seem know. like it's been affecting him. Uh, True. That I'm just... I mean, do I expect him to score two touchdowns a game for the rest of the season? Right. No, I don't. Would I be ecstatic if he did? Yes, because that would probably mean I'm winning a fantasy championship. However... I do. I mean, we've seen him be an elite RB for the last what two, three seasons here. So once you got the work, yeah, yeah, and there's no reason to think that that's going to change. He's going to continue to get the work, and if this offense actually, as you said, improves, you know, from where they're currently at, I mean, if they're scoring more touchdowns, chances are he's going to continue to get touchdowns, whether it's in the rush game or in the pass game. So. Do I think he's going to get 20 touchdowns? No, probably not. But he will still be an elite RB come the end of this season. That's fair. I, I just think that maybe if they get better as a as an offense, the games aren't going to be as mm-hmm. close, and he won't have to be relied on as much. I think they're afraid to take him out when games are close because they don't want to put fucking Sony Michelle in there for those, and I don't blame mm-hmm. them. 
uh, Absolutely. That, by the way. I, I would want <laughs> Austin Eckler in there as well. So mm-hmm. I do just worry that his opportunities come down if, if things kind of get righted. But I, I'm not yeah. saying that he's going to be like like he was in the first three weeks either. I just think right. he's a middle ground uh, for me. But, hey, that's why we got to do this. Now, here's somebody I'm excited to talk about because you know why? We haven't gotten to talk about him at all this year because that motherfucker has been suspended for the first six weeks. But DeAndre Hopkins is coming back this week. He served his six games for the PEDs. Coming back in week seven, presumably. It's a Thursday night football game. He is back. Our friend DeAndre is back. Wonderful pull. So what's interesting about DeAndre Hopkins, though, is a lot has changed since the beginning of the season. All of a sudden, right as he's prompted to come back, Marquise Hollywood-Brown is now going to be out for a minimum of five weeks, I believe, with a foot injury. Could still be uh, Mm season-ending from what we know right now. They just traded for Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. who just went went through a whole lot of emotions during the last uh, Panthers game that <laughs> saw him have an Antonio Brown-esque uh, exit. And so now it's it's a different team. So, Dustin, DeAndre Hopkins will be a top 15 wide receiver the rest of the season. Yes. Believe it. Wow. Yeah, I mean... I think there was always the concern of what's going to happen when Hopkins comes back and with Hollywood Brown there. And granted, I like that they traded for Robbie Anderson because they need that kind of deeper deep threat player, which I don't think anyone would disagree with me in saying that that's not DeAndre Hopkins game any longer at this point in his career, but he is still DeAndre Hopkins. He's still going to demand targets and Kyler has that built-in relationship with them already. So I expect him just to step right into this offense and not miss a beat. <sighs> Dustin, we're doing it again. I am sad for DeAndre Hopkins being a top 15 wide receiver rest of the season. It, it, this, is, this is exactly why, though. It's almost more to do with Hollywood Brown being injured in a way because... Here's something I found interesting that I didn't know. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins was the wide receiver 17 in points per game in all of the healthy games he played, and he didn't exit mm-hmm. early, nothing like that. Right. And these were the games before Kyler got hurt, so both of them were fully healthy together. Mm-hmm. And his competition there was Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, good receiver. I think we mm-hmm. can both agree he's a good receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood Brown, better receiver in my view. So I was actually nervous for for him kind of fighting with targets as well. But now the thought is DeAndre Hopkins, everybody knows what to expect on this awful offense. The Cardinals offense also not doing well. It's like all of the offenses we thought were going to be so great have all been kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hollywood Brown himself, he's been fine. Don't get me wrong. But do you think DeAndre Hopkins, now 30 years old, coming in, again, wide receiver 17 in points per game last year, barely on pace for 1,000 yards last year during that time, do you think he still has enough juice, I guess, if they are going to focus on him? Because are you really going to focus on Robbie Anderson? I don't know. I don't know that you would as a defense. No, you're not going to focus on Robbie Anderson as a defense. (laughs) Or even, you know, Zach, I mean, Zach Ertz. I love Zach Ertz. And for fantasy, he's been producing because he's been a target mm-hmm. guy. 
But are you going to like focus as a defense on Zach Ertz? Probably not. No, you're not. So I just, I don't know that at his stage right now, boy, this sounds gross to say about DeAndre Hawkins. I just, I don't know. I don't, I am skeptical. Let me put it that mm-hmm. way. I could see him being a very consistent and uh, good wide receiver too for your fantasy team. But I think the elite days of DeAndre Hopkins might be over. And this is probably me just not wanting to get caught holding the bag on another aging receiver. Probably, if I'm being right. But <sighs> in redraft, you don't have to worry about that. No, you definitely don't. I mean, you don't have to worry about it for next year, but you still have to worry about if he has hit a cliff. True. And if the PEDs were something that he needed to get over the cliff, or if it's just, you know, again, whatever. We don't mm-hmm. need to get into the PED thing, but right. Uh, all right. Damn it, Dustin. We're going to get back on track with this one. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I want to talk about Taysom Hill. We don't talk about tight ends much on this show, but we have to talk about Taysom Hill. I'm going to say this without any pretext. Taysom Hill is a must-start tight end rest of the season if your league continues to allow him in the tight end spot. What say you, Dustin? Not. I'm so happy I finally got you to click the not button. <laughs> yeah, I... You know what? If, if you're coming up against, you know, since we have all the bye weeks starting here, and if... I haven't looked ahead at the schedule, but if there is the bipocalypse, you know, where there's like fucking eight teams on by or something, maybe, yeah, I would start him as like your, if you're able to put him in a flex and use it as like a flex play, desperation play, or if you have no other tight ends you can stream that week, sure, go ahead and start him. But I don't think you can bank on, he doesn't get enough usage. Everything that he's done so far has been off of big plays. I mean, as as a tight end, you know, he's he hasn't done anything as as your typical tight end. It's all because he's coming in, you know, whether it's wildcat or he comes in and throws the balls a quarterback or he's playing running back for a couple plays. Like it's all all based off of. I I, I don't want to say gadget plays because that they're not gadget plays, but they're 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 utilizing packages based on game script and scenario and whatnot. Um and it's working because, you know, hey, that he's scoring points. And really, that's all the NFL or, you know, NFL team should care about is actually scoring points for their team. But I don't think you can trust him week to week as a starter. That is fair. I am going to side with you and say In that. With a slight caveat. Well, We're back on track together, but with a slight caveat. If Taysom Hill actually does become the starting quarterback and your league allows you to still use him in the tight end spot, you have to start him. Have to, yes. have to, have to, have that, to. Have that to, have is to. a fair caveat. And also, if you do not have one of the top four kind of consistent guys right now, so you're Travis Kelsey, obviously you're Mark Andrew. Uh, I suppose Zach Ertz is probably close to the top there as well at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Dallas Goddard is right up there. If you don't have one of those guys, then you got Then you also got to do it. Because if it's between Taysom Hill and Evan Ingram, Taysom Hill and Greg Dulcich, Taysom Hill and who anybody else, basically, mm-hmm. Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett, I'm still going to go with Taysom Hill. 
But here's something. You said this motherfucker is not a tight end, and he's not. You know how I can prove it? Because through five games that he started, he has one target. He has one target. He's a tight end. He has one target in five games. Meanwhile, he has 26 rushing attempts and five pass attempts. Obviously, it's no surprise all of his fantasy points have come from the crazy touchdowns. He has six. Four of them were in one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's going to happen. But, you know, if, if the other two quarterbacks keep dealing with injuries, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, well, yeah, then he becomes a must-start. Mm-hmm. You want to close this thing uh, out with just one last one here? Let's do it. All right. We haven't gotten to talk a lot about rookies. Specifically, rookie quarterbacks. That's what I'm going to say. Kenny Pickett came and went, and he's hurt now. He might be coming back soon. We've seen a little bit of Bailey Zappi for the uh, Patriots. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, haven't seen much. We'll have a fantasy-relevant rookie quarterback by season's end. Meaning you can actually start this guy based on matchup and feel pretty confident about it. Whoever that might be. Oh, um, I don't have a good feeling either way, but if I have to lean one way, believe it. I think I'm sorry. I I didn't think to put a hemming and hawing button in here (laughs) as part of the setup. Well, that's on you. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think at some point, um, whether it's Desmond Ritter with the Falcons or, um, Malik Willis with the Titans, um, was it how Sam Howell over there in Carolina? I mean, one of these other rookies or Kenny Pickett coming back and, and playing like one of these other rookies is, is going to get an opportunity at some point this season. Cause all those teams I listed are not great, Bob. They're just not <laughs> at all. So I think granted, you know, third round draft capital quarterbacks don't typically pan out. Yes. There's the exceptions, but there are exceptions for a reason. But I do think teams before the end of the season will want to see how these rookie quarterbacks perform in live game action. That's not preseason work um, before the end of the year so that they know like, okay, do we maybe have something we can work with where maybe we can wait a year or two on quarterback and see what we got or do these guys not have it at all and we need to draft here. So I think, yeah, at some point, Rookies are going to get a start, and yes, they will have fantasy-relevant weeks, because that always happens. Yeah. I'm going to bring us back around and end on a reassuring note. Believe it. uh, 100% agree. For for what I would project, if it's going to be one guy, I think it's going to be Desmond Ritter. I think we see Ritter sooner than later. I think he's the most likely next guy to come in in place of Marcus Mariota. Uh, the Falcons, they've clung on to a 3-3 three and three outing mm-hmm. so far. I just I can't see that maintaining. Uh, yep. And so I think we'll see a healthy dose of, of Ritter, and I really like him. Uh, I think you're right. Sam Howell, who uh, is with Washington, by the way, Sam Coral, or is it Sam Coral? I don't Corral. know. Corral. He was with the Panthers. He's out yeah, the year, I mean, unfortunately. Oh, but, yeah. Sorry. My bad. Thank you for way, fact-checking me. I, I got to do it. I got to be that asshole. But I do think that, you know, we'll we'll see somebody come in and 
if Ritter's playing, like he's almost going to be a guaranteed top 12 fringe guy for me whenever he's in there. So mm-hmm. we did that. All right. We did that. Let's move on to starts of the week, shall we? You betcha. All right. So last week, little recappy cap here. Jake, you had Melvin Gordon going against the Chargers. Uh, I think your calculations might have been a little off here. I mean, you had 0.8 points, but you said he was RB 1 million. Um, I don't know that there's 1 million RBs in the NFL. I'm just That's going what I felt to like. put that out there. But yeah, that was, that was a little bit of a miss, slightly. Just a uh, wee bit. Wee bit uh, outside. Yeah. I had Ramon J. Stevenson versus Cleveland. Ended up as the RB2 on the week with 25.1 points. So that'll play. Makes up Slightly for my, better than uh, my guy. Makes up for my beer bet earlier. Um, <laughs> and then Nate, who was still with us last week, had Zach Ertz versus the Eagles. Is that what that is? EA? Uh, you know what? That's sheet. a great question. Actually, I honestly don't recall. I'm going to say sure. <laughs> it uh, wasn't the Eagles because they played the Cowboys on Sunday night, but um, he played some team called EA. Apparently, uh, maybe it was <laughs> EA Sports, and he is in Madden. I don't know. Maybe. But finished with 14 points as the tight end eight. So Pretty I think we can good. take that as a victory as well. So congratulations, Nate. Congratulations, myself. Moving on to this week, Jake, who do you have? Uh, this is probably not one that anybody's really given a lot of thought to. I hadn't gone, uh, given a lot of thought to this guy until I just traded him away in a rebuilding dynasty team today. Traded this, this dude away for a third round pick. It's Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds is, if you don't know, by the way, he's playing on the Detroit Lions. You might not even be that aware of that. Uh, but he does not get any respect right now, and I'm just as much to blame as anybody else because I didn't realize how good he's actually been for the Lions this year. Mm-hmm. He's coming in, and the last three weeks especially has just been absolutely crushing it. He's been averaging about 90 yards uh, per game for them. He's getting targeted like crazy, at least nine targets average, again, in the last three weeks here. So he's sitting at uh, RB, I want to say, or excuse me, wide receiver 19 in points per game or something crazy like that right now. And it's Josh Reynolds. So people are just like, man, mm-hmm. uh, oh, if he's on your waiver, let me be preemptive and say, go get him off your waivers. Though at this point, he's probably not. But he gets to play the Dallas Cowboys this week. They are definitely not great uh, against wide receivers. They are currently... Uh, in fact, just a couple of spots below the Lions in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So they are in the bottom 10 from that perspective. As long as DeAndre Swift is still kind of dealing with injuries, Amon Ross St. Brown, fingers crossed, is back this week, but still kind of uh, dealing mm-hmm. with some stuff. Uh, but Josh Reynolds projects to have another healthy dose of volume coming his way. I, I think if Dak plays especially, it keeps things interesting on both sides. Which is what I like for him. So another eight to nine targets seems great, and I'm happy with him. Yeah, I think I I like that one. Um, as long as Amon Ra and you know Swift are still out, um, I think if they come back, that's going to put a damper on it a little bit. But yeah, if they're out, I think that is a great call because he has been just lights out over the last few weeks here. Yep, yep, yep. Who you got? 
So I have Gerald Everett versus the Chargers. Uh, that can't. That's not he's correct. Not to do that. He's, I know for a fact he's not allowed. Uh, Zach Ertz is the closest uh, that probably came to doing that last year because he's 16. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, The Chargers, they are at the Seahawks. Or they're playing. Yes, they're playing the Seahawks. Is he playing EA this week? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're they're playing uh, Seattle this week. So uh, Seattle has been god awful versus tight ends this year. Um, And Gerald Everett has been playing surprisingly well in this offense. Uh, especially with um, Keenan Allen being out. So I expect that to continue, especially in a, in a favorable matchup that we're seeing this week. Yeah, and by the way, Zach Ertz did play Seattle last week as well, so that's where uh, the good payoff came for Zach Ertz last week. Ah, so you, you just, it was just an SEA, not an EA. Was- it was an SEA. Hey, I just copied and pasted. All right, I copied and pasted what <laughs> Nate put in the show sheet. Don't you pin this off? Oh, me. now you're blaming it on our guest. Way oh, to go! Oh, absolutely. I will throw <laughs> anybody under the bus if I can. Uh, I do love the Everett one for what it's worth, uh, because I also love Geno Smith again this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, should be a good one. So, anything else here, Jake? Before we close out the show do you want to give one more believe it uh i think you just did all right <laughs> so <laughs> do i want to not bam we did it that's how you close out a fucking show guys all right well everyone um going into week seven here we've got four teams on by the bills the rams the vikings and the eagles so do not have them in your starting lineups as they will score you zero points, and that does not help you win fantasy championships. As always, go out, follow my co-host at Jake Trowbridge. You can follow me at FF Dusty Dog. Please follow the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. We are open for any of your fantasy football-related questions, trades, etc. We're here for it. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show wherever you can get it on your podcast player. Subscribe to sub- Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, You'll get a little notification when we go live every single Tuesday. You can catch the show, get in the chat. Like our good friends, Scampers and Toronto Dave, in the chat almost every single week. Uh, It's a lot of fun. So feel free to join us there. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. (laughs) 